0: Welcome, everybody, to the Pixel Classroom Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Reed. Here, we'll talk about everything from education to passion, innovation, X-Factor, pop culture, entrepreneurship, and more. And if you like what you hear, please think of subscribing to us. We would love to have you continue listening and supporting the Pixel Classroom Podcast. And now, let's get to today's episode. On episode 128, Marissa Thompson has 17 years of experience teaching various levels of English, including an advanced in the supporting class, and as Curriculum and Intervention Coordinator, she assesses success and develops goals in curriculum K-12 through and designs a role to become her previous district's first innovative support coach. Marissa and I had a wonderful, wonderful time discussing everything from blended life skills to, of course, the TEQE method, as well as Ryan Stations for students and teacher-friendly work thing. We also talked about a wonderful thing such as classroom environments and student rent EDU grants. For more of this, please check out our show notes. Now, let's get to the episode with Marissa Thompson. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pixel Classroom Podcast. I've got an amazing guest on here today, and uh, in between a little time here in soccer practice, they've decided to join me from the wonderful state of California here to join us. So like uh, you probably know them uh, from many areas and so forth, education consultant, as well as uh, a fellow author like myself, Uh, welcome the one and only Marissa Thompson to the Pixel Classroom Podcast. Marissa, how are you tonight?
1: I'm doing great, Ryan. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, thank you for being on here, and thank you so much for filling in the schedule after uh, we had a little thing here. I'm I'm not too worried because I mean, by now we've uh, had two episodes explained our little schedule weird with Don and uh, Eddie here, and so it's like by the time this episode airs, it's like we've talked about that. But yeah, thank you so much for being on. So, uh, Marissa, why don't we give a little background about about your inf- uh, you know, about your career here, kind of what's led you to the little area too, and what you're kind of doing in the world of education now.
1: Yeah, so this 22-23 uh, is my 17th year. I was a high school English teacher for 16 and went ahead and got pulled by COVID to go and help with uh, their, the district's approach to their response to that. And so I did that and couldn't return to my regular classroom. So I ended up kind of bouncing around the district a little bit. And I got offered a kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity to go and support teachers at a nonprofit charter system. So it's uh, schools that are serving students all the way from Bakersfield, which is kind of uh, northern central California, all the way down to the Mexico border.
0: Yeah, I was originally I was originally born in California, so I kind of oh, okay. I mean, I've been there in many years. I have been in California now, yeah. hardly being twenty. But yeah, I was like, oh yeah, I know where Baker'sville. Is. I'm actually nowhere where that. You is. got it right,
1: and it, that's a huge area, right? Oh, so, it's huge.
0: It's huge. I have, I have family there that still live in the area. I'm like, oh, yeah, I went to Bakerville. I'm like, I forgot how big Baker'sville is. <laughs> yeah,
1: but all the way from there, all the way down to you know, past San Diego, down to the border. So serving a lot of kids and and helping out in ways that. I wouldn't necessarily get to as a teacher. And um, I started blogging a few years ago on accident and presenting on accident too. And, and then I started speaking and keynoting and just sharing, sharing ideas. I I was, I think, I think like a lot of teachers, there's that journey, right? Where you start for a few years and you go, am I really going to continue doing this? And then you start to change how you're doing things. You absolutely fall in love, not, just with the students because you love them the whole time right but you fall in love with the profession and you you just dive into being super intentional so i started changing what i was doing and that's what i share now
0: and that's, a, and that's a really amazing thing when you talk about how you dived in as well as some of the online and blended learning. Cause I mean, we both use blended learning kind of in our approach here, but what do you think has been like one of the most difficult sessions about actually taking a traditional classroom, trying to get it into that blended sets and people who don't know what blended is. It's not, you know, you have flipped classrooms where most lessons online and classrooms kind of serve with the homework or answering questions or tests or whatever blended is you have a little bit of lecture, but then you also have like online stuff. We like, as people have seen when mine or as Casey bell or other people, we record our lessons, we have an opening kind of piece for kids and then they kind of work on their own end, allowing us to change. But, you know, yours has been a little bit more, I have to say yours is a little cleaner than mine (laughs) You know, and we've been doing it just as long. Well, you've been doing it longer than me, but, um, how would you say the approach is going into that blended learning atmosphere, Marissa?
1: Well, it's, it's, you know, like any change it's, it's itchy, you know, it's uncomfortable. It's, it's, um, you got to give a little neck crack and a little stretch and go, you know, is this is this working? Is this worth the effort? And some of it's exhausting, you know? You're, you're thinking a ton. It's, it's it's easy and harder to keep doing the same things, right? And so when you start making those shifts, it, it can get daunting, um, but you see those glimmers of, of absolute hope, you know? And you start seeing the students really doing work like I I know that we hear those those cliche all the time right like make the students do the work and it's like my students are doing a ton of work but it's like right but if we step back and we let them actually grapple with it if we let them actually show what they know and and find the ways that they want to show it they learn so much more and we learn so much more about them about us about education the whole thing so it's um finding that catalyst noticing it and then rolling with it, it's it's tough. But then as soon as you really start letting each you know step take you to the next one and the next one, it's just it is a blast. It is so much fun. But in the middle of that quick transition, that's a that's when things get a little interesting, but it's totally worth it, as I'm sure you know.
0: Well, yeah, and I actually had a student today says, so like, I feel like we do like nine assignments in this class, and then two of them turned to or two to the other student went what are you talking about? We technically do this all in class and then they leave it for us for study hall and then we could do it at home like I kind of like the set up a little bit better. They were saying it was, it was kind of better. I said, yeah, it's a lot of what people always would say to me is like, well, there's a lot of work in Dr. Reed's class, but when people step back, they're like, actually, no, not as much as usual here. And I work on a block schedule. So, you know, thing, but I said, if we were a regular traditional 40, 45 minute, you know, Monday through Friday class, I'd be like, we did this for the first we, we I talked for 20 minutes. Now you're doing a thing. Now, Tuesday, we're going through all the videos and doing everything that's finished. Okay. Wednesday, We are now discussing all that stuff. Now we're going to review on Thursday. Now you're taking either exit ticket, your quiz or whatever on Friday or Friday is Iron Chef. So we're going to take everything together. This is your summative assignment, not a test, but take A, B and C and we're going to do the presentation and we're delivering in 30 minutes and go. And some people like, oh, that actually makes kind of sense. Then I said, yeah, in the way I said, I've cut out what's not needed. And like I said, I'm just getting ready to go from a unit right now. And I have a coworker and he's been teaching much longer than both of us. But he said himself, like, I don't see, he's like, I looked at the curriculum from our previous teacher. We kind of inherited it and took our enough, but he said, I don't see why we need to go to economics past week five. I said, well, no, I have not. And he said, well, here, and then we go into budget. And I'm like, oh, there's where that lesson was missed. I said, yeah, I completely agree. Let's just do that. Because I said, when I was teaching my previous school, I was like week four, that was it. It's like, this is finished. We're done. I I didn't do it as a full unit, but it's like, we're done with, with economics. It's time to move into the budgeting. It's time to move into businesses and then you know work on that and then taxes and so forth. But yeah it kind of got the point too i
1: think and i agree with you i think there's always the there's two things with that right there's the kids who are going like man there's a lot of stuff to do and it's like right but it's of good quality it's worth doing right so then they start to realize oh i'm okay with doing this work like i'm in you know and i love that i think i think the other thing that was hard for me eventually was realizing that i was trying i love block schedules too and I was trying to do half this and half that, half this, half that. It's like, you know what, if I just concentrated and just concentrate on this one thing, you're gonna get really, really good at it. And then later we'll start the next thing, you know. but allowing students to really focus, allowing them to dive in you know, instead of doing it for them. Um, that was a game changer for me too. But that took, that took a few years for me to realize that, that I was throwing too much at them Um, and not allowing for that time, not allowing for that opportunity.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the thing too. I mean, it took me a couple of years, even though I had started and I followed my mentor at that time to a division leader and she had kind of gotten it to a thing. But then later on when she stepped back after I was teaching, she kind of went, well, yeah, I was hitting a brick wall. I feel like am I giving them too much or I'm getting too little? And where does she figure out we're giving too much? Maybe I need to say, what can we cover and then do that? And like COVID it was kind of like, well, this is what we can do. And this is really what they should learn based on our learning goals and our steps and really what they should know, walking out the door here. And then, when it got to more traditional, back to more situation, it was kind of okay. I can bring that back. But then I said, you know what? I don't see the point why we ever did that. She's like, why did I do that? And I said, yeah, it was my same thing. I said, why am I really listening to this? Like, I can do, I can combine these two lessons. I have now saved myself time. Now I have more project time. I have more time to do this. Or, you know what? It's only a three day week next week because of X, Y, and Z holiday weekend or Institute day. Now I don't feel like I have to, oh, I got to rush out the door. It's more like, no, oh, I think I can just get this into it. We're done. And I say, kids, I'm leaving you with no homework best I can walk out the door
1: yeah and i think that's a common approach too is like hey i didn't get to it right i didn't get this last thing in so you guys are going to do it at home and it's like i agree with you covid was a really i mean covid was everything that it could possibly (laughs) be right but but when i stepped back from that year and started to reflect on it my students writing was the best it had ever been Mm -hmm. and i love teaching writing i i pride myself on the fact that students who normally are like, I hate writing, found it pretty easy in my class. And I, I do, I love that. But to be able to only be with, for me, the way that my school was set up at that time, I was with students once a week for an hour. And their writing improved drastically compared to what I was doing in the classroom. And I think it's because I, would, I was throwing so much at them. I think it's because they got to take what I had taught them Take the blended learning, take those materials, take the videos, and be able to sit there and concentrate on it instead of constantly going, constantly moving, Uh next thing, next thing, next class. You know, um, the distractions weren't there, and they got to think and do, and I love that. I love that.
0: Yeah. And, and then I've noticed that too, just right here with my freshmen and sophomores for my digital lit here, we finally went over keyboard shortcuts and everything, but we had all this other out of the way. So that felt like a normal classic track classroom because, like the first 15 minutes, like we're gonna go into Canva. I'm gonna show you how to actually open up your flash drive on a Chromebook and a PC and how that get is. And even gave us through a couple things there. But then some of them said, well, Dr. Reed, well, I, most of everybody's on a, a, a PC, but, uh, but us three, I said, don't worry. I put the shortcuts for a Chromebook right there in classroom. They went, Oh, okay. Cool, and I said, if, unless you're really stuck. There's your there's your guy. And then it was so much easier. I still hopped around a lot, and sometimes I was saying too, because most of these shortcuts, guys, say work perfectly in a Microsoft Word thing. Now that they all work on a Google Doc or a Pages, yes, yeah. but at the same time, this is where I'm saying, do that. It's like, oh, it kind of moved it this way. I'm like, but if it was Word, that would have shifted everything. Oh, to the left, Control L. Now I get it. But I said, see, they made the connection, even though we didn't get the full one. But in a way, if if my principal and wasn't too far out the door actually he could have came in and be like oh i see oh and then some are working independently some are checking doctor Reed's drone over here he's got the letter he's like oh, okay he's kind of meeting all the depths of knowledge and then he's pulling them all back to get the the, the quiz exit ticket so they can get their badges and then the kids say oh, are we great the quiz like no the quiz is meant for your badge achievement i said i am more worried about do you understand how they work which is what this activity hyper slides about and they went oh so that's the 20 points this is just to earn our badge i said yes you have points. if you get more than if you get one or zero wrong you got gold badge if you're between two and this that's silver and they said oh that's like then someone went, what 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 happens if i get every wrong?" like didn't you retake it <laughs> <laughs> and i had one it's not re-
1: important it's worth and, doing it's worth it, learning exactly and i had
0: one that then retake it he said oh i got silver i made it by one point i'm like good job. And then, but we found out one two of the questions that answer correctly. I said, okay guys, here's what I'm doing. I'm racing all the questions. I'm redoing it. Okay. Reload your Google forms. And then it was good. And then one, I said, don't worry guys, just give yourself that two points back to say, oh, so I got silver now. We're like, oh man, I still got bronze, but I'm going to do better next time. But i like, that's the point. I said, now go download your badge that we showed you, put in your professional Google website. And they, did, they loved it. They absolutely, and then they got yeah. to make their own badge. And they're saying, well, what's the point of your own badge? Like, this is your own badge. Like, this is meaning you know how to understand shortcuts. This tells you your level of shortcuts. The badge is for you. I just told them, I want you to make it about the school. Make it your own version. I said, I don't care what it is. It can be Pride Club. It can be FFA. Can, they're like, what if I make the monkey badge? Because we're awesome sports plan. I meant, sounds like a plan to me.
1: <laughs> right? I'm into it. Make one for me you
0: know, and, and I, I have a student that's that completely obsessed with apes and monkeys and everything, but then he made it and a lot of people looked at and went, that's a cool looking badge. I said, that is a cool looking because he has it, but it's encased in art because we're the cogs. So it's encased in a, in a, in a, in a, in a gear, but a lot of kids went, that's a cool looking badge. He's like, I call it the, I call it the ape badge. I said, I approve, but this way he got the <laughs> own thing and still followed the main rules, but he was creative on it and they
1: get to do their thing and they got to know it. They got to know, and I love the modeling that you did for them, right? Like, hey, that didn't work out. No problem, we're gonna find a solution and here's what we're gonna do, right? That figuring it out is like one of my favorite things for students to be able to practice, you know? And for us to narrate that and then point it out, like, look, it didn't go as planned. It, it never does. Like if it does, we hit on lucky, right? right? It doesn't go as planned. We can figure it out cause we have the technology. You've got that kind of device, no problem. Here's what you do. It's like when I said, you know, try it, hit undo. Right? right. So and that was the, the that thing. was the
0: two big, I said, I said, control Z is undo, control Y is redo. And they used it so much. And they, they went, control Z is my new best friend. I said, it's my oh friend my gosh.
1: <laughs> I live by control Z just because you can't know how to do something. Until you know how to do it, you know, and I'm gonna mess up the whole time, and then I'll, as soon as I got it, I've got it. Or, or when I, especially with a new tech tool, like I don't want you to be an absolute genius at, you know, Google Suite. I don't want you to know how to use micro. I want you to be able to go into any product and know there's got to be an undo, there's got to be a group, there's got to be a range or position, there's got to be flip, there's got to be all those things. I want you to know that those things are universal and you can look for them. Use the help, use the search, use the, you know, just cause you don't know the term or please learn the terms and then you'll be able to use anything.
0: And I even threw them two swing questions with like, okay, we did this in Google drawings two days ago for, for our meme what how do you actually space your words and insert and they went oh oh what was that oh that what was it and i'm like we just had it on the GIMK. oh i remember it's 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 shift enter shift enter. and i'm like there that, that that's what a lot of them did but some of them went what when did we learn that like we learned that two days ago oh oh that's oh now i feel like they're like they're like you're right it's not like i threw them a question of something we didn't do like I, i'm like guys what's the point of an extant Ticket. I'm like, you guys have been doing X tickets since you were preschoolers. And I said, Oh, it's the point to understand that we understood what we were doing. I said, So when I talk about Google drawings and the shortcut, they went, Oh, we got Dr. Oh, you pulled one. Oh, we got you, Dr. Reed. They weren't mad at me. They're like, Oh, I, I see what you did. Oh, I, you're right. I shouldn't have done that. They weren't were mad. They weren't like beating themselves up. They're like, Oh, I, I see what you did. I see what you did.
1: I think it's important. i And I think it, it if nothing else, it's like the tech version of just life in general. Like, yeah, you're going to make mistakes, hit undo and and try and figure it out. I know that sounds, maybe it sounds too cheesy, but here we are talking tech and education. So it's a teachable moment, right?
0: Well, that's exactly it. Because I also did, you know, Iron Chef for the first time you know, using the edgy protocols. I've been using edgy protocols for a couple of years and it really made a difference. But, you know, they kind of, I put them more in groups because one thing I said, when I left my old district, I said, I want to do more group. I want to do more interactive. And I finally got that opportunity at this school and it was a thing. But at the same time, they were like, well, we've never really done it. Oh yeah, we've done this. We've done it in AP environmental studies. So like, oh yeah, we do this in 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 our English class. If we do a collaborative group project, I said, but they said, we didn't think about this. Like, cause I gave you the resource. Like, oh yeah, Mr. Does That. And I'm like, yeah, guys, like we do this it's just you're in my classroom we're just kind of putting that all together i said guys what's the point of iron chefs like it's a bunch of people that know what they're doing and they're given a secret ingredient and then they have to use that secret ingredient was like and i did that didn't I? I was like well yeah you were able to do that and then a, a meme of our choice as long as it was appropriate but then he threw google forms on. i was like because i wanted to make sure you understand but when it was all done these kids looked at me and went i see why we did this so then that way we do better on the essay questions next week on the unit test i went You have learned my cooks go forth.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think it's great. I, and I, I, yeah, I think that that's wonderful. I I wanted to do a lot of group stuff too. I think collaboration, communication in general, right? Being able to communicate an idea, knowing when to be quiet, knowing when to speak up, knowing when to interrupt and how to do that. Right. Um, I think it's super important for me and for my students, the biggest um, key to that was taking out the instructions, Mm -hmm. right? Throwing down a gauntlet, throwing down a challenge, um, sometimes giving them a tool, sometimes not, and then going, do it. But watching them skip right over the discussion, skip right over the planning stage, skip Mm -hmm. right over, you know, um, checking out who's got which skills, it's missed opportunities right but that's that's the fun part you start going around and go okay so how's it going they're like not well it's like yeah can you come up with why you know um and i think that that's that's when things really started to change but it was it wasn't just stepping back from you know stage on stage the whole thing it wasn't just stepping back but also having my materials step back Mm -hmm. right and really letting them play with it and see what they do let that be. Let those reflections be the the learning.
0: Yeah, and, that, and that's something that you know, like I said, my coworker and I came up with the daily checks, which we were kind of inspired with by um, by Alice Keeler and uh, Casey Bell. But first, we did a Google that and it was like we can do. We did a Google slide, which was so much of it. But then I finally said, why don't I put these in a Google form to where they can check mark them? I can hyperlink. Yeah, granted, I'll have to take my screen recorded videos and put them on unlisted on a YouTube channel because I can't, unfortunately, take a Google you know, recorded video from Screencastify right ran the forms. But I said, but then what if they checked out? And then if they do the reflection, I just have a paragraph like microblogging, like these other teachers do. And they looked at me like, what? And then like, and instead of me saying, oh, I'm so tired. I can't read one more reflection. I just go right to that spreadsheet. I grade, I put in the initial grade of the project set. And I said, okay, the rest is going to depend on this reflection. I'm still open because yeah, they still did the assignment. They didn't have the check marks and give them the points back. But I care a lot about that reflection. And how they learn. And it's so much easier to go to that spreadsheet, you know, format to wrap the text and then read and say that versus like, it was fun. I'm like, I'll give you a point, but that's not the full three points for the rest of your assignment. So you're missing two points because I like, guys, I don't want to hear why it's it's fun. Tell me why it's fun. Or, you know, I never thought about this or something, or, you know, I never learned, like, you know one of my thing, we just finished economies and everything. And a lot of kids went, I never knew there were multiple. And I said, I understood the government controlled those, but I never understood that there was these ones and that makes absolute sense. And that's just, that was something I never knew. I said, exactly. I said, guys, don't feel bad. I didn't know that until I was your age either. <laughs>
1: well that, and it's proof to you, right? Talk about assessment. That's proof to you that they got it. They understood it. And I'm the same way. If you can, If you can reflect on where you were, where you are, where you want to be and the steps it took you to get there or what you're still trying to do, you understand, right? And if we're looking at assessment that way, that's, that was one of the biggest takeaways for me was I have to change how I'm assessing. And most of it is coming from their reflections. Hmm. You tell me what you learned. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be the perfect prompt. Tell me what you learned.
0: Right. And I actually agree. I mean, I had my previous principal saying it's like, you know, Ryan has his missteps. But if you want to look at somebody who really looks at assessment and tons away from using Flip, you know, formerly Flipgrid to, you know, the daily checklist, to everything, they're like, go talk to Ryan. He he can assess people 90,000 ways. And I've talked to seven teachers, like, but these two teachers can assess in a way I wish I want to. I would like to get there, but they just have that extra trick I just can't do, or it just doesn't fit my curriculum. But it's like I'd like to do it. I found a way to kind of Move it and adapt it a little bit. But I said, otherwise, like, I love their assessment. I wish I could do their assessment, but unfortunately, my classroom doesn't ask for it. And I think that's sometimes teachers are self comparison for. And I know, and I know you've talked about this too, Marissa, but what is trying to keep that teacher, whether they've been teaching 30 years or one, two years? Why do we always want to self compare ourselves to a teacher younger or older than us that seems to get it? But yet at the same time, we realize. But we're not the same curriculum. Yeah, there's similarities, but we're not the same curriculum. You know, why do we fall? Yeah, not the same crap?
1: Yeah. yeah, it's not the same curriculum, or it's not the same schedule, or it's not the same um, population of student, or it's not the same uh, leadership that will let you play. You know, and you have to go subversive. I, I think part of that comparison, I think it's healthy. I think it's hard. Mm -hmm. I think it's hard. And, but I think it's healthy to sit there and go, I want to be better. I want to be better. I want to be more efficient. I want to be more intentional. I want to be more purposeful for my, my students. I think that that's great. And if you're seeing that from somebody else, that comparison might be exactly what you need to be able to go to them and go, how are you doing that? Or why are you doing that? Or what made you change to that? I think anytime you can have those conversations, it's worth doing. I think Also your statement of like, it's a different curriculum. It might have different goals. And if, how cool is this, right? When you take that step back and you go, my student in period one is learning this with me. And you know what? That's awesome that that teacher over there is able to do that because they're headed there for period four and they get to have the benefit of having both of us. Mm
0: -hmm. You know,
1: If if you look at their high school career, depending on how many classes they've got, Right, they're seeing what forty different teachers plus.
0: Right, and and like I said, some of them, depending on where they go in their curriculum, they might see that teacher once their entire high school life. I mean, I know just before I left my current district, I had a, a student. I had them once freshman year, did not have it. Found out they were going to take one of my classes. Seen you know senior year, and yeah, it was passed on to another teacher. But they kind of went like, I think I should have tried this or, oh, I wonder how I ended up over here. I'm like, well, here's the thing. You took your required class freshman year. You didn't under, didn't feel like doing anything. And then it kind of got to like, oh, I'm graduating next year and I need to meet requirements. Like, oh, uh, yeah, I mean, we know who Dr. Reed is. It's been a while. Or, oh, yeah, I know who, you know, Mrs. You know, Olson is. Or I know who Mr. Pulaski is. And you know what? Yeah, I'll take him. again. I haven't had him in three years. But, you know, I had a good time then. I'm I'm a better. I'm older. I'm more mature. I can do better now. As they think themselves at least they try to <laughs> but yeah i mean it, it's interesting how that goes there too and you're right some students you know especially larger schools you know i knew a i knew a teacher he had the same student for seven of his classes for two years junior and senior year he didn't teach any of those classes so he never, he saw him in the halls waved for him but it's kind of funny when you have a student's there for almost every single one of your classes their first two years they go to be an upperclassman you never, you, you see them in the hall, but then you're like, wow, I never have that kid again. Because unfortunately his is that populous this is the undergraduate, or if they are upper, it's because they need the requirement. Otherwise he'd said, I'd, I'd get to know the kids for two years. And then I wave them in the hall. Cause I most likely would never see him again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's always hard. Right. You, and same thing at the end of a school year, you make this family. I saw something recently on social media. People were very upset about this concept of family of a classroom. That's exactly what it is. you're spending time together and really at least for history and English and depending on how people are approaching science and math curriculum, you are really talking about some really important things and and really exploring just systems of humanity and and processes of just being a person and there's no way that that can't that that's not an intimate exchange, right especially if you're meeting on such a regular basis so uh, being able to have students for multiple years, I had some students all four years mm-hmm. and to watch them grow, you know, and um, to build that trust that, that goes beyond one year or one course or one novel or something. It's, it is really, really special. I actually was texting with a former student today. He's 30, you know, and I, I know that just, feeling.
0: I have one that just had a baby. I went, wait, what?
1: <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. When you run into them, their families, they introduce you to their wife, you know, like, oh my gosh i went to where's work. my husband or this
0: is my or this is my son i'm like you have a baby what
1: <laughs> right yeah read, are you allowed to have a baby i didn't is that okay you know um no they're just it's a it's a privilege to be able to be in their lives um and i just i don't know i miss them i miss them a ton working with teachers is a fantastic thing i i I'm honored to be able to help them as they help their students. But uh, I definitely, I miss my kids. You know.
0: Well, and I think that's an important thing. I mean, I finished my, you know, most of my class for instructional coaching. I still have to pay. I'll finish paying that off and I can go do my certificate, whatever. But, you know, it's, it was one thing too, because when I did my career, yeah, I'd started earlier on, but I worked with safety aid, and playground duty, and then small tutoring. And then. I was technically an administrator for the first couple of years as a technology facilitator and then coordinating technically I'm an instructional coach without being known as an instructional coach and then I got into the classroom slowly and then I left and I was into it and then all of a sudden it was kind of like, you know what I was backwards I went from being in the office to with the kids. And now I see myself completely with the kids, but at the same time, as I do love working with the teachers. I mean, right now my coworker, I'm, I mean, his mentor, I'm his mentor. You know, he's been teaching many, many years more than me, but he's not very good with the technology in some areas and some things. He's very good, or he's like, hey, Ryan, right? So how? He's like, oh, I now I get. It. Okay, thank you. I just couldn't remember that, and I had some like, oh, I saw you doing this, Ryan, do it. And some were like, well, yeah, but I'm not going to change. But you know what? I wouldn't mind maybe how to have the kids actually know how to put a presentation together. instead so just slapping images on there. I said, I'm more than happy to help you, but you know, what is that balance when you feel like it's time to be a blended of the two classroom teacher and instruction or mentor, or when you do feel like it is time, maybe it is to move on to an administration or coaching role. I mean, how, how do you see or feel yourself with
1: that? I think that that's it. I think it's individual, right? It, it's hard to know. And, um, I originally, I was when I was offered the position a year ago, um, I declined it because of COVID. I wanted to be back in the classroom. I didn't, I didn't get to do that. I felt ripped from the classroom. That was the best way to really describe it. Um, but then I couldn't go back. And you know, when it came around again, I just, I think especially when it's people like us who who do lots of things, right? Oh yeah. Do lots of things. We <laughs> dabble everywhere. Right. Um, people are like, so, so what do you do? And it's like, Oh man, what do I do? Um, <laughs> and then I finally just started saying I'm an educator because there's no other way to describe it. Right. Unless you want to sit and have a cup of coffee and I'll talk to you about it. You know, <laughs>
0: um,
1: but be also, you, everyone, <laughs> right. Like, all right, everybody, here we go. You know, and you break out your slides. You're like, so what I do first, I do this. Um, but I, I think I found such a passion for working with teachers um, and watching the light bulbs go on with them and then watching them go on with their students. And I, I, it was a really cool ripple effect. I couldn't keep it going. I couldn't keep going. I'm a PD instructor, I'm a speaker, I'm a classroom teacher, I'm an instructional coach, and then I also do consultant work. And like, I, I was not going to be able to keep that going. And as much as I loved, loved, loved the students and the staff at my newer school, because I couldn't return after COVID, the systems that were in place and the scheduling that was in place, and they're they're extremely efficient because they have to be, it didn't allow me to do the type of teaching that I wanted to do. Um, and that really, for me, because like we said, it's an individual thing. For me, that's when I said, you know, I. I'm not enjoying this as much as I used to. I'm enjoying the kids, I'm enjoying the staff, I enjoy the school energy. But um, as far as the teaching goes, I feel like I'm not doing all that I can. And because I can't. So once that happened and they said, here, you can come do those things over here. That's when I made that decision. It was a choice, not between teaching my ideal way that I love and I saw so much growth, it was teaching in a way that, that I didn't uh, love. And so I moved from that to, to the other roles.
0: Yeah. And I think that's important because many people always ask me like, oh, you took this new job because you know, you don't have to drive as far and it's right in your backyard. But blah, blah. I said, yeah, that that's a perk. That's a good thing. Trust me. It's kind of nice not to do that. And then I walked work worker bike. The kids know me. Oh, he's the walking teacher. There he goes, you know, I'm walking. I kind of do that. But another thing is that was my thing too. It's like I had gotten to a comfortable role and there was more things I do, but there was also times where it's like, I feel now I've established myself so much This is where it's got to go. Yeah, I I grow. I still change things. I still say, you know what? This hasn't been working. Let's do something new. Or, you know, there's a cool new tool and it's making the replacements. I want to go to that. But And I and I loved, and people have known that. I mean, I had a couple call me the there a day and I was talking them through and we, we were talking like, you know, old friends meeting after, you know, after not seeing each other for years and talking school and talking work and then joking around. But I didn't feel like it was enough for me to work in there. I was not feeling, as they say, work, you know, very happy with what I was doing. I, as I said, I kind of felt like I wasn't home. I was kind of like, I'm living in a town that I'm loved. I'm living in a town where I'm happy and most of the days and it's good days and bad days. Some days the kids are fantastic. Some days you're sending them, to the principal's office and other times you're like what this assignment was due four weeks ago seriously <laughs> it's like where right. is it don't come talk to me you're like why am i in detention I'm like i think we have a good answer and don't think it's all on my fault. like i saw what it said on skyward you know <laughs> no i do not work for skyward i just use skyward anyhow <laughs> but that was something too i mean another thing is like from two of these classes i took over there really wasn't a curriculum and these kids have come and heard the stories and they're like Well, this is when I thought it was. I'm like, but are you enjoying? Like, actually, I am. And I said, well, it's also given me here. It's like, I taught multimedia for several years. All of a sudden, it's like, well, you're also teach multimedia too. It's like, whoa, that's like, I know what I should do. I know who to talk to, who teaches. But like, wow, this this is gonna be a learning experience. Like, you're scared? Like, no, actually, I'm pretty excited. In fact, I expect. Yeah, I'm intrigued. Right. I'm intrigued, and I'm expecting it to go. Like not be be organized chaos at least for the first couple yeah. of weeks. Then well you're like, hey, I know what we're gonna do. And then the next year, you know, you survive, you hopefully survive your observations, get a new contract or whatever. You say, okay, we've done that. Now let's go on. I'm sure there's still gonna be things going wrong because I've had lessons that worked for years, and you have a semester where the, not only did it bomb, the kids didn't care, and you're just like, well, but but huh? it's but this is always worse. <laughs> i like, I've gone through different kids. I've gone through COVID and it always worked. And when like, oh, we don't like this, oh, what's the point of this? And I even told the kid, and then the following semester, I said, Guys, we had this issue, and they all looked at me like, well, Why don't we do it? I'm like, Okay, we're doing it again.
1: <laughs> it's a trip. And they, they've changed so much as an English teacher, right? When I first started, they were like, Oh, Romeo and Julianne, the way he's at this balcony and looking up at her, it's so romantic. And then now, you know, a few years ago, like, this guy is totally creepy and this is unacceptable. How is she and I'm like, "Okay, wow, that is drastically different. And it's the same thing with Gatsby." And I was like, "Oh yeah." He was in love with her for for 5 years, he remembers the last time he saw her and they're like, "Oh my god, get over it." And I'm like, "Well, what? Okay, my bad. Okay. No more romantics in the no. Okay.
0: You know. Oh yeah, I I knew I knew people in English lit. They did. They were talking. They were going over Stephen King books. And one of them finally just said, "No, seriously, you wouldn't be like, you know, I don't think I need to go there. You know what? I wouldn't report this to the FBI." I went. Just... <laughs> You're kind of going, <laughs> "Wow." Um, uh, you know what? I never thought about that. <laughs>
1: yeah, but it's fun and it keeps you on your toes. You know, and and then that's also where you start going like, should we still be reading these? know she and you start looking at your curriculum you start thinking of your kids and start thinking of what they've already gone through and especially how much the world has changed in the last few years and how much of that human experience will always remain the same it's like what are we what are we really teaching them why are we doing it and what do we want for them and i think that's the that's the fun stuff
0: yeah. And that's what actually, you know, at the time of this recording, Queen Elizabeth, II has just recently passed away, but in my business class, we were actually talking about for why they working on their presentations for next week, we were talking about, we were going over who's inside. I found somebody had made an infographic on like the actual succession, you know, with Charles now being King, but then the holiday fit. But then they said, well, I could do it. It's like, well, you got to think about that. They are, they have a parliament now. That's not just straight monarchers. You can't just do like, well, we could think about this. And I said, we have these rules in the U S and this happens here. But then in the business sense, they looked at me like, Oh, you're right. So I couldn't do X, Y, and Z. And actually maybe it It is a time to go here, but maybe I shouldn't because they're going on change between the prime minister and thing. So this is not good for the business world for foreign exchange, or maybe it could be a good thing in a couple of years. Maybe he'll change. I said, now you're thinking exactly what you should why, how we're doing this. So I said, I, they're like, well, I'm like, no, I'm not mad about this. But I said, thank you. You're making those connections. And we're doing thought process. But if you want to talk about this, go talk this in you know history class, or you know what, that's actually has nothing to do. actually, you know, go, when you go see Mrs. Ellen to go here to talk about the English thing, you can talk about the original Queen Elizabeth versus the second Queen Elizabeth. And I know right now she's formulating in her head about literature and stuff. So it's like, they oh, were, yeah,
1: absolutely. But the first, it, the first It's thing a good
0: connection because, you know, the world has changed, but at the same time, it's nice when they can pull it back to that learning. But it's also, too, it's like you don't want to do it, but you kind of want to look like, guys, that's not how that works. So just because this happened doesn't mean that's what, and like, why does it work? I mean, and then you think, And they think, I said, think about what we just learned yesterday. anyway oh you're right that would oh that would be like if the boss passed away like all of a sudden it's like well the vp's got to take over for that company but you're going to have a change and it's not just going to change and people aren't gonna be like oh i'm gonna be the new boss like it doesn't work that way i said no there's a line of succession so i said doesn't mean automatically the cfo or this or the or the account manager takes over the company he might not be qualified for it he might be like no you know what i'm gonna stay right over here we'll name the new ceo of the company and move on. You know. they, they made that connection, but they went, Oh wait, you're right. You can't just say, Oh yeah, now I'm in charge. It doesn't work that way. I'm like, no, it does, does not work that way.
1: For me. That's what I live for. Right. I live for those connections and, and letting that, that's that play, that, that cognitive play that I want for them. But I also, when, when those moments happen, when those connections are made, they're smiling, mm-hmm. they're figuring it out and they're enjoying it and, and being really a, Um, very explicit about, hey, you're enjoying that. You're smart. You know this stuff. You're taking it in. You've learned it. You're doing a good job. You're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Don't stop thinking, but also you're enjoying that. Right. You're liking, you know,
0: and I think that's a good point. You know, and I think it is, but I think the biggest thing we've definitely talked about Marissa is how we make those connections in the classrooms, no matter what we do, and or the teachers. And I think that's a real one thing and more reason why you're on this episode here to find all these wonderful <laughs> things going on. <laughs> oh man. You know, as we wrap this up, Marissa, is there anything else you want to share about stuff coming up for you here as the school year moves on or maybe anything you're thinking uh, you might be part of uh, coming up here uh, soon that we're not aware of?
1: Oh man. I, um there are some conferences coming up. I'm gonna be at NCTE, so that'll be super fun and spring queue every year. That's always a good time. Uh, it's my first international conference. This oh, year. there you and, go. Um, so I'll be um, in Iceland virtually. Um and I did recording with about 15 other educators and Rebecca Hare and George Kuros, and um Kahn, and just lots of lots of wonderful people. It was a huge honor to be. Included, so that was that's a that's
0: a big one for me. I'll Ooh, throw that one out there. Well, that's
1: a round right there. Yeah, there we go. I
0: love it. <laughs> he thought I was it's gonna get the air horn. I mean, I'm pretty I'm sure George is George and I talk, and he does all this, and we always joke with his roadcast, but he does his air horn. But here he's like, oh, oh, you pulled one on me there. I got the applause going out there. <laughs> I love it. Well, it was oh, better. We so had great. we had a really good joke earlier, and I was like, oh, I finally get to use it. What do you mean? I'm like there we go So like anyway, oh you, they're like did you plan that like you told the joke i just happened to have my hand close to the button right there you know i'm just ready i'm
1: just sitting here ready and waiting i love it when that's i do the spider man
0: crawl space once in a while i mean we stopped doing it after a while because i don't want to do it, but one time i just like oh that's cause for a shout on i hit arrow there i was like was that a whoopee cut and all of a sudden one of our guys went who did that was that ryan or was that brad i said that's me jr and he's like Man, I think we need to have you on more here because you just throw things out, and you know we get off topic. You come in, Ryan, you just knock the whole the whole chessboard over.
1: <laughs> That's hilarious! Oh my gosh, I love it. Well, thank you so much for having me. I hope I hope some of your listeners found some of it useful, something that they can kind of grab onto, and um, I hope it makes them reflect a little bit and know that we're all in it. You know.
0: Yeah. And I think we got something and you got some wonderful parts too here. And like I said, if you want to connect with Marissa, go ahead and look over there. She's always in, but like I said, she's got the conferences, also virtual and everything else too. And uh, I think you're greatly for, you know, helping us uh, here for the month and showing up here for our recording too. And Marissa, thank you so much for reaching out uh, last minute and uh, making this happen. Because, you know, between soccer and memo mowing the lawn, we're like, oh, wait, we got to record tonight.
1: <laughs> we'll make it work. Thank you, Ryan, for having me. You Take are really good. Well.
0: You too. And everybody else, thank you for listening to the Pixel Classroom Podcast, and we will talk to you later. Thank you for joining us in today's episode of the Pixel Classroom Podcast. Remember, you can find us on our our social media pieces here, right here in the show notes and the episode descriptions. If you like what you hear, please think of subscribing to us on the various networks of your favorite listening for podcasts. I hope to join you again next time for the Pixel Classroom Podcast.